Welcome to the Can I Steal You for a Second podcast, a Bachelor podcast, and part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Can I Steal You for a Second? I'm Ashley Young, joined by Natalie Zamora. We're here to talk all things Bachelor Nation. We're creeping down to the finale of Matt James' season, and we got a lot to dive into after this week's episode. Natalie, how's it going? Good, good. I don't know if you I also feel this way, but I'm just not really into the season anymore. So I'm definitely, you know, eager to see how things go in the end. But I'm also I don't have that excited feeling, you know, every Monday anymore. That kind of got me through the start of the week. Yeah, it's I mean, assuming we're all on the same page here, we we kind of have tapped into these spoilers. We know how this season ends. And it's hard to, I don't care about the finale. I care about what's going to be said after the finale. And this season just keeps kind of dragging out. And I feel like I owe Matt an apology. I come on the pod every week and I talk about how flat he is and how boring. And I say, I want to see TikTok Matt. Like, and I think I've wrongly complained that he's flat. And I want to stress this week. I'm sorry, Matt. I don't think you're a boring person. I'm frustrated with the way you've been edited this season to be so flat and boring when we see like in the bloopers at the end of the episode or we've seen you on social media, like that personality's there. And the producers this season have just done him dirty. I'm with you. I'm burnt out. And I just want the real life answers. Like these conversations that are going on, I need the answers. I need them. I need them like two weeks ago. Same. Yeah, I'm definitely really looking forward to the after the final rose just to, you know, see what they're going to say. But I'm, I'm with you. Like, I usually follow the spoilers and it doesn't really affect my viewing experience because it's still fun to see, you know, how they got there. But I think this season is just so different. Like, Matt has two really great women, Brie and Michelle. Of course, Brie went home last night, but it's just hard watching it and saying, you know, like, how did you not pick them and the theme uh it seems to be an ongoing theme here is how did we not pick them um i don't know it's we're supposed to be entertaining right this is a podcast but hopefully if you're (laughs) listening maybe you're kind of on the same page here where it's like i'm tired i'm burnt out there's kind of a light at the end of the pandemic here but it's just been a long year in this this show that i've always leaned into as like an escapism or entertainment or something kind of mindless has turned into a very real conversation with no closure or no progress. And to see Chris Harrison on the screen is kind of weird when we know what's going on in real time. Um, You know, in 2021, we have the technology to edit these episodes like up until airtime, right? So I'm shocked that some of the, the production seems to be months behind of the conversations we're having now. Yeah. I agree. And I feel like if they took things out or edited things, like everyone would still be watching it. It's not like they would lose an audience and it's not like they would lose like footage. They obviously from the bloopers have an abundance of footage that they didn't use. So it's, it's concerning. It's concerning and it's frustrated. I think the biggest moment of concern last night though, was this very raw and intimate 
and deeply personal moment that Matt shared with his dad, who we learned, you know, wasn't necessarily the most active part of his childhood growing up. And they clearly have a very turbulent relationship that there there's issues and demons, you know, that he wanted to work through. And I can't think of a worse place to work through something, you know, so personal than national primetime television. And again, we're burnt out from this show. We watched all this mean girl drama. And now we're going to watch Matt work through very like real trauma. I love a good tear session on the show. I love it. I love the tears. Those were not the kind of tears I want to see on my television screen. How uncomfortable were you watching that moment? Totally. Like, it felt like I was watching something I shouldn't be watching. Like, I kind of was, like, looking at my phone as, like, a buffer to, like, not (laughs) actually be watching. Like, really, all I can hope was that, you know, it was Matt's idea. I don't know if that's naive of me to think that it was his idea because we know producers are so powerful and they'll just bring anyone of your family in to throw a wrench in the situation. So I'm just really hopeful it wasn't like he was forced to do that because that would be terrible. It seemed, you know, a, a very, very tense conversation that got, you know, heated, emotional. I think it ended pretty well and I think Matt did get closure. So that's good. But I just really hope that it wasn't a situation he was forced into. Seriously. And I think we've talked about this on the pod before where, you know, to be thrown into the spotlight and navigate some of the trolls or just social media, you know, it's really discouraging to think that people that are a part of The Bachelor don't necessarily have the resources to work through some of the effects it has on your mental health. Mm -hmm. And it was hard to watch that conversation, not because it was uncomfortable, but because I felt like it wasn't done in the way that watched out for Matt. It felt like it was exploiting this moment for Mm -hmm. television or for views. And, you know, that's not a five minute conversation that you just like, all right, dad, years of, you know, feeling these things are fixed. Where is the mental health professional? Where is the mediator? Is Matt okay? Is his dad okay? What is going on here? Uh, Like you said, I was kind of on my phone. I felt like I was stuck in a room (laughs) with like my, like a couple that was fighting or something. It just was so uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think, like you said, a therapist or or a mediator, like something that they could do in their own time and with, you know, a professional there to help would have been definitely a better idea. This kind of kind of seemed like they were like, all right, go in a room together and just talk it out and see what happens. And we're going to show all of it. And it just felt it felt weird. It was it was too real and, and they didn't have enough help there. Yeah, to go from like mean girls in the house, like you know, being gimmicky and like lame to talking about real life issues. It was zero to 60. And then it was like, all right, back to our regularly scheduled, like one-on-one dates as we get down to our final three here. Yeah. Wait, whoa, 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 where, what, how do we go from that to now? We're just going to be going on a date with a girl. Um, Shout out to Matt for, you know, wanting to, hopefully it was his idea working on his relationship and some things that were clearly weighing heavy on him, but damn to do it in that way. I got beef with the producers this season. I don't know. It feels slimy. And I felt slimy through association watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you. It, it, it just felt, it, it felt like it wasn't Matt's idea. And again, I'm really hoping that it, that it was, or at least like if it was producer's idea, he thought like, yes, that would be a great idea. I don't, I don't know. Who knows if it, if it was or not. I have no idea. Well, uh, there's no transition from trauma to the dates, but here we go. We'll dive into it. 
Uh, Michelle, who has quickly risen to the ranks in my book as a front runner, I adore her. I think I'm late to the game on some of the more healthy relationships when I watch the show because yeah. I'm so invested in the entertainment. But I love Michelle and I love them together. They did like a Pennsylvania Dutch spa. I don't Butter know bath. Okay. Were you grossed out by that? Because the ch- like chunks, was it real butter? That's what I was watching it. And I was like, there's no way that's butter, right? Like they're just like trying to make it seem like butter, but it's like soap or oil or something. But I think it was legitimately butter, which, oh, no. <laughs> Again, kudos to them for being open-minded. Yeah. But I was kind of like, oh, I'm like a texture person. I don't know if I'd be like keen diving into this. They kind of looked like they were in a farm. I don't know. It was yeah. weird. There was one shot where they were like literal like sticks of yellowish butter (laughs) all over Matt's back. And I was like, this is not my cup of tea. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. I think my main takeaway from it, too, was like just them being so comfortable and like excited about hanging out that they would just do it because I would be like, this is kind of weird, right? Like this is just like sticks of butter. Uh, Okay, sure. I guess we're doing it like whatever. I like I said good for them running along with it and I you're right it speaks to their comfortability they look like they've been dating for a while there's not like the awkward or it's not performative they look like they're having a goofy good time and like it got intimate and they were cute I really like them together um if we're going spoiler free I'll cut off what I'm going to say there Mm -hmm. but I do like them together I really like her and I think again we saw like little slivers of their personality which seemed to be done dirty by the edits every week that we don't get to see them being as entertaining or like personal personable as I think they really are yeah I agree and I feel the same way as you like I love Michelle and I definitely didn't always just because she wasn't on our screen a lot of the time like she was you know minding her own business being you know not problematic so she wasn't on our screen And I think we really missed getting to know her because she seems so awesome, so genuine, you know, just a really nice person. And the way that she was talking to Matt about her parents and, you know, like staying in love after you start dating and when you have a family and everything like that. I was like, this girl, she's like it. This is the best person for you, Matt. Like, she's incredible. She's incredible. And obviously, they she expressed that she's like in love with him. Like, she's all in. She's all invested. Mm -hmm. Um, they spend the night together, right? And it's it's cute, it's sweet. And then we do the thing where we put all these women who are competing <laughs> for the same man in a room and we know it's coming. We know they're gonna chit chat. I was not prepared for Rachel's reaction to processing the information that, you know, she's hyper aware suddenly that her boyfriend is also dating two other women. Yeah, I know. I was trying not to be super judgmental because, like, I would never go on the show. I would never want to share someone like that. And I definitely wouldn't want to be in the final three. And then the other two girls are also, you know, getting intimate with him. That's terrible. But, like, you knew it was coming. I don't know. It's it's so hard to, like, form an opinion when this happens because I understand being upset. And at the same time, though, like, the other two girls are probably upset, too. They're just not whining about it. Yeah, it was, it's hard. I'm with you because I would be the one whining and complaining. <laughs> I know that about myself. However, I am with you. Like, you know what you signed up for. I guess, you know, again, empathy. We'll work on being empathetic here. <laughs> you, you, just because you know it's going to happen doesn't make it any easier. But I was like, damn, right. girl, like, 
you knew this was coming. What are you doing? Suck it up and get your game face on. Um, so yeah, whatever. Caught me off guard, but I think I say that every season when they're, <laughs> you know, getting in a confessional or talking to the camera about how upset they are about sharing someone they're in love with. Like, mm-hmm. yep, yep, that's the show. That's the show. Uh, Brie. Brie's another, I think, quiet favorite for me. Like, I didn't expect her to go this far, but every time she's on the screen, I'm like, you seem so down to earth and so like lovely to be around. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like I haven't really, I didn't really see like a spark between her and Matt, but then like there was nothing wrong with their relationship. And like you said, anytime she was like had a confessional or like was speaking to the camera, she was so awesome. And she's so beautiful that every, like, she's definitely someone that I don't think of as like my number one favorite. But then when she's on the screen, I'm like, oh yeah, she's, she's a great person as well. Like definitely would be in the running. Yeah, I love that. Their date, um, I don't think I'd be a fan of that one. They went camping, um, which I don't think either of them is like a true like nature person. So they were quote winging it, um, which is kind of cute. But again, we had the the Pennsylvania Dutch spa mm-hmm. with butter, butter massages. This group goes, this group, Marie <laughs> and Matt go camping. I'm like, damn, they're kind of doing them dirty with these uh, Pennsylvania themed, you know, middle of nowhere dates. Yeah. This camping one was like an absolute non date because they just, (laughs) they just walked around with a backpack and it looks cute because it's like, you know, when you like someone, it's like, you're going to have fun no matter what. But when you're on the bachelor, you would assume they would use their humongous budget to do something a bit more impressive. I don't know, but yeah, that was so funny because for a split second, I really thought they were going to have to sleep out there. And I was like, there's no freaking way they would do that. That's so messed up. I thought the same thing. I was like, I'd be, guys, come on. Like, I know this is TV. You're trying to get the views, but get me inside. I need four drywall walls around me. <laughs> and it's it's funny to just comparatively, obviously, from Taisha season to Matt season, the disparity in budget or production, they had more mm-hmm. time. But it is still funny to see that the date they're doing this season compared to when we see, you know, them travel the country or the world and camping this late in the game. They, they were bamboozled. I think they were, you know, Matt's been lovely. Uh, but some of the dates, they've been robbed of the full Bachelor experience. Yeah, I agree. It was just so funny. Like, Bray gets there and he's like, we're going to walk in the woods. Yay. Okay, sure. And then what? Like, there's got to be more. I'd be like, to get to our date, like, we're walking there. Where are we really going? (laughs) Yeah. So they were cute, too. And like you said, kind of watching the show, like, no complaints, no qualms, like, no drama. Um, Cute. Well, date. I don't know. It was charming. I liked them together. Yeah. I liked them a lot together. And yeah, like you said, there's nothing to complain about. No weird or awkward moments. Just seemed like they were both having a great time. And even though like their camping date, it's not even camping, I don't even know, walking date, was it, you know, completely crazy? Like they still had a lot of fun doing it and just enjoying each other's company. Yeah. And I think that's like you said, when you like someone, they're going to have fun doing no matter what. And it was evident that they could do that even in the middle of the woods. So good for them. Um, I got to ask though, with all the Rachel stuff, I think we've had a few weeks for the news to kind of settle down the Chris Harrison comments and controversy, if you will. So it's kind of old news at this point, but we haven't gotten the closure because 
things kind of happen and there weren't really like apologies or changes, right? Mm-hmm. So the shock or the the news factor of it is gone, but it's still yeah. like very much on my mind. And when I'm watching the show, it's really hard for me to like tune into Rachel's character knowing what I know now. And I thought maybe it would pass like by this week, but watching this episode, I'm still kind of like, it's hard for me to watch her on my screen knowing how things end. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, I'm even like kind of bitter towards her. Like, I'm just like, get her off the screen. Like she doesn't need all the screen time. And I liked her in the beginning, like the first few episodes, I thought that she was great, you know, had potential. And now I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm just like impatient to get to after the final rose and, you know, have them confront everything that's gone on. Like, this is just like a filler. Like I was, I would have been good to fast forward it if I was watching it, not live. Yeah, I might have like fast forwarded a little bit uh, watching it because I was like, all right, I, I'm annoyed. I just, yeah. and it's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and Matt, Matt's tweeted that before, you know, I'm, I'm learning about this in real time with you. So when you watch past tense me, like that's not fair to pass judgment because I didn't know what we know now. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of, you know, I empathize with that is I'm sure we've all dated or you know, been around people that we learned we maybe weren't on the same page with. So to do that in front of a national audience, but it is hard to watch. I can't believe they didn't edit her out more than, I don't know, they really haven't done any damage control. Not at all. And I wonder if it's just because they're like hyping up after the final rose, but like they're not at all. Like I haven't seen any promo for it or anything like that. So I don't know. I feel like they're just clueless and don't know what to do. So they're like, we'll just not change anything and figure it out afterward. Yeah, they're like, we're in too deep. Uh, We've already shot ourselves in the foot. We've made it clear we don't care. So we'll just keep rolling with it. And it's tough. I mean, there was a tweet last night, and I think it said it best. Like, why is Bachelor Nation so quick to exploit Black, like, family trauma and not show Black love? Um, yeah. I did not read that, so don't quote me, but it's in my likes if you want to go find it. <laughs> really, I think, just concise way to really sum up a lot of the frustrations this season. And we start the episode with Matt's dad, so we just throw more more trauma and, like, heartache into this season. And what is The Bachelor doing to, you know, provide assistance or learning and growth opportunities? I know no one watches it to treat it like a TED talk, but damn, can we get something, something to grow and like actual tangible change? So like you said, I, I want to watch it and enjoy it. But every time she's on the screen, I'm kind of like, Rach, baby. She said something on uh, talking to Matt and it was just ironic knowing what we know now, but she literally said, I'm just like so in love with you. I know we can handle anything that comes our way. I was like, mm. I'm sure at the time it was a cliche, but knowing what we know now, I don't know, baby, which, yeah, it was, it's just ironic. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the whole, and obviously she was upset last night too, so she didn't do herself any favors on, you know, looking, looking good. Of course, being upset isn't something you can help and everything like that, but it, it's just so funny how like the one of three that was complaining was her and, you know, she got rewarded for it. You know what I mean? Like Matt was very much like, you know, happy that she was sharing it with him, which of course, if you're upset, you should share that with your significant other. But just like in hindsight, just watching it is, is interesting. 
Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and kind of wrap up our closing thoughts here um, as we inch towards the finale. So I do enjoy a shortened rose ceremony because I think they're drawn out for absolutely no reason every week. <laughs> so when we get down to the final few here, um, you know, Matt immediately gives a rose to Michelle. And then it comes down to um, Rachel and Brie. Brie gets sent home. First of all, Brie is the prettiest crier I've ever seen in my life. Her poise was unmatched after she just got her heart broken. Like silent tears, beautiful bone structure. I'm like, teach me your ways. This is so poised. Um, but I felt like it was almost the first kind of breakup we've seen during a rose ceremony where they really kind of talked it out after the fact. And again, Rachel got the rose. So I'm sitting here like, mm, like, don't be angry. Don't be annoyed. But I couldn't help myself. I was a little worked up. Yeah, it was definitely hard to watch because, of course, you know, we suspected that Rachel would get a rose. So I was kind of just like, uh, here we go. Like, whatever. I have a feeling Bree's going to be sent home, which I was annoyed about. So it was kind of just like going through the motions of like, all right, I'll sit through this and watch it. But I'm not happy about it. It was interesting, though, that he gave Michelle the first rose. Um, I wasn't expecting that. And Brie looked absolutely perfect. I feel like if I was Matt, I would have gotten there and been like, never mind, it's changed my mind. She looks too perfect. I need to give her a rose. Like, she just looked amazing. She's stunning. She's yeah. stunning. Like, absolutely stunning. And I would, like, I feel like I don't use this word often, but, like, she is literally radiant. Like, every time she's on the screen, like, her skin looks so healthy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. She just glows. She lights up. So even for me to say that as she's crying, getting broken up with, <laughs> God has favorites. I'm like, good for you, girl. Like, go get a, some kind of influencer deal. Like, you deserve it. Yeah, I agree completely. She's a cutie. She's good. So, you know, we've been kind of hating on the season a little bit, I think mostly because of producer edits and neglected apologies or conversations that are well overdue. So we're going into the, the finale after the final rose. What are you hopeful for? in terms of kind of getting the closure you need as a viewer next week? I definitely hope that, you know, Rachel and Matt have the time to speak. I don't know if that's, you know, too sensitive, but at the same time, it's The Bachelor. They make them make, they make them have the like most intense and awkward conversations ever and don't give an F. So I'm sure that could happen. And I guess just like I don't want them to ignore what's going on. I don't want them to ignore the fact that Chris Harrison stepped down. He said he wants to come back, but it's like at why and after what learning? Like I want them to touch upon, you know, what the franchise is actively doing to allow Chris Harrison back at some point. Like is it just going to be like, all right, we're filming for The Bachelorette. He's back and, you know, he took one night off. Like no, it needs to be more than that. Absolutely. And I'm with you on the like, it takes time to learn, you know, we're not demanding perfection of everyone. Um, I think the term that gets thrown around is like, have grace, we can hold people accountable and also give them a space to learn that's not mutually exclusive. But you can't just like put them in timeout for a couple episodes when they're yeah. not even actively like recording or taping, when nothing is going to change. So you know, we do have a, a new host running the show next week for After the Final Rose, which if you listened last week, I rambled for like 40 minutes about how excited <laughs> I was. Um, so, you know, Chris Harrison, again, I'm new to watching The Bachelor, new-ish. I don't have the affinity for him that I think maybe some loyal viewers do. 
yeah. he doesn't really do anything. Like, it's not like he's orchestrating these dates. He walks in and is just like, take some time to say goodbye. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, he maybe has like eight words every episode. So maybe it's time for a change. We're going to shake things up on this show. Um, but I'm nervous that maybe there's legalities or NDAs where we're not going to get uh, mm-hmm. the answers we want next week. Um, how long do you think we have to wait before there's a tell-all on Twitter? Matt gets drunk and does like an IG live <laughs> or something. That's what I'm manifesting. I know. I hope soon. I hope soon. Of course, like you said, they all have NDAs. We don't know the specifics of them, but I hope that, you know, at least Matt can speak his truth soon after the finale. Seriously, got the legalities of this antiquated, especially if the producers aren't going to give us what the people want. Like the ball is in your court. You have the production rights and the, I guess the rights to literally everything Matt puts out in the world. <laughs> yeah. But, like use that in your favor. I think you could do some good, much better job of damage control than they have been. Um, but also, you know, using the space to have a well overdue conversation and give us the answers. I just want the tea. I want the scoop. I want answers. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. I don't think we're going to get it. So I, I need to give myself the week to like mentally prepare for, to like roll my eyes as I'm watching. Um, but I'm hopeful. Um, I'm excited. I, I think I'm mostly excited that it's going to come to an end. Me too. Me too. And I think that they're going to announce the Bachelorette after the final rose, right? They would have to, and they're on on schedule to start filming soon. So they're going to have to, and I'm nervous about that. I feel like it could go either way of like people very excited or people very bad. And I feel like next week on the podcast, we're going to have a lot to talk about. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Do you have a prediction at this point who you think it is? I don't, I honestly don't know. I feel like they, they could go another route of like picking someone from a past season again. I don't, I really don't know. What do you think? It's hard. Cause I think that there wasn't anyone I think would be like, as personable but then I've seen edits and outtakes the past few weeks and I'm like why not Brie why not Michelle like they're beautiful they have a personality I just we didn't get to see that early on in the season so yeah um both of them I would love to see but I'm always open to other seasons um you know they 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 owe it to us to really bring in like a star-studded bachelorette so I I don't know but Michelle I love her. I love Yeah, Brie. me too. I think that um, they have a lot to bring to the table. So if we're going in the theme of someone from this season, I think those two are my, my front runners. They made it so far. Uh, I'm attached. So we could bring them back. I like them. Agree. We could have one of them and then Matt would be a contestant just to like throw everything into chaos. That would be hilarious. I've, I'm, there's so many ways we could really like <laughs> revamp the Bachelor process. And I know we have Paradise. But I'm such a huge proponent of more of that. Like, let's throw a couple people into the house. Let's just, yeah. like, do this more often. Uh, we don't need to be on a beach to do that. Like, throw them in the mansion. Who cares? Um, or in a farm in Pennsylvania. We got options. But I'm just rambling at this point because, again, I need to get my head straight for next week when I'm going to be let down by how they handle things, inevitably mess up the Bachelorette announcement. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. So yeah. make sure that you guys – Tune in, go like, and subscribe. You can listen to us on all the places you get your podcasts. We appreciate you tuning in, and we are so excited to catch up next week after the final rose.